In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And He separated the light from the darkness. to reconcile coming like a child holy night oh light our hopes and all our fears met within your sight Holy night Hallelujah God is with us
Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to Orchard Hill Church. We invite you to stand and sing with us.
Thank you so much for joining us to celebrate this great day. Uh, we have a really high value here that everyone will feel welcome. And you can help us live that value out right now by turning, wishing those around you a Merry Christmas. Give them a warm handshake or hug before you find your seats. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I want to say a special hello and welcome to those of you who are in the sanctuary down in the commons area. Merry Christmas to you. And also those of you watching online. We're glad that you're online. Hi, Mom. I uh, actually shaved like you wanted me to, so uh, you're right. Nobody likes a skinny Santa. Uh, I'm going to invite our ushers forward as we uh, receive our offering this morning. Uh, this is, uh, if we remember the Christmas story that uh, one of Jesus' friends told, Matthew, he actually wrote about these wise men that came uh, a while after Jesus was born. They came bringing these really nice gifts to, as a way to honor and worship the King. This is a really important part of a, our tradition that we, uh, that we maintain today. It's a great way for us to worship by bringing gifts to Jesus. And so, uh, if, especially for those who are on mission with Lordsdale Church, it's a great way to partner in the mission that God's given to our church. If you're a guest or visitor, you're welcome to worship Jesus in this way with us. If not, uh, don't feel obligated. Uh, we want this service to be a gift to you uh, this morning. We also want to make sure you know that you are invited to join us on any given Sunday. We're here every Sunday. Uh, we worship at 9.15 and 10.45 here in the gym, as well as down in the sanctuary. Uh, next Sunday will be a little bit different. We'll only be in the gym at 9.15 and 10.45 because it's New Year's Eve. The following week, we'll kick off a brand new series called Friends and Family, and we would love for you to be a part of that series, so come on back and join us. And then later in the service this morning, one of our favorite traditions here at Orchard Hill Church, the lighting of the candles during silent night. And so uh, we want to make sure that this is safe, that we don't set anybody on fire. And so we have invited 
uh, Orchard Hill Church's very own Christmas candle lighting supermodel, Mr. Doug Tenson. If you could welcome him to the stage. Yes. Doug, while you're getting the candles, um, I just wanted you to know, I want to ask if you knew what they call Santa Claus when he fails to obey these important candle lighting instructions, what the elves call him. Do you know? Grounded? I don't know. No, close. Crisp Kringle. Oh. <laughs> Crisp. Yeah. And you know what the first thing the elves learn in school is before they learn to make toys, before they learn how to light candles the right way? I'm going to say no. The alphabet. Mm. <laughs> I'm on fire. No. All right, let's make sure they don't start on fire. And uh, so we take the unlit candle and we dip it into the lit candle. And then his candle, once lit, remains upright at all times. The unlit candle is the one that bends towards the lit candle. And then we turn oh, and we pass it right down our rows, just like that. Okay, well, a little refresher right before we do. Let's give a thanks to our supermodel here. Well done, Mr. Tenson. Very, very good. I was thinking about what makes Christmas so special. What what makes it so that, you know, about 4,000 people will walk through our doors to celebrate Christmas here at Orchard Hill Church. And millions more around the world will make their way to a church to celebrate Christmas. I thought maybe the better question is what brings you here this morning? Many of you, I think, are here because... You believe in a miracle, the miracle of the birth of Jesus, God the Son, God in the flesh with us. And some of you really want to believe in that miracle. Maybe you believed at one time or you had some experience of wonder, experience of awe or joy or faith, and you're coming back hoping to recapture some of that feeling. Some of you have been invited here by another person who wants you to encounter Jesus and to have that experience this morning. And that actually happens. Uh, a, a young woman I work with actually was invited to a Christmas Eve service and she had this encounter with Jesus that she just couldn't explain, changed her life forever. And she was, uh, she's on staff now and she's on fire. But for some of you, you're wondering if this good news that we talk about at Christmas is really all that good. Maybe it's good news mixed with some bad news. Or is it good enough to overcome all the bad news that we see in our world like we saw in the video that we opened with? Is it good enough to overcome some of the bad news in our own lives? I know that some of you are eager to celebrate and open gifts and share your gifts with other people. And yet you know that in a few weeks you're going to get those credit card bills. And some of us are going to be buried in debt. Some of you are just trying to keep your head or your mind above the waves of pain or of grief because of a loved one who's not with you to celebrate, maybe because of a recent passing. Maybe it's because of uh, some distance between you this holiday season, either emotional or physical. I just talked with a good friend of mine who's lost two parents in the last nine days. Some of you have diagnoses, been recently given diagnoses. It's unbelievable how many people in our prayer line have recently received a diagnosis of cancer or something else, and you're struggling with bad news. I want to assure you that you're in the right place this morning, that we have good news for you. We have good news to share that we hope that you will go and share with others as well because we believe it's in sharing good news that we actually experience a better well-being and we actually experience the kind of life that Jesus brought to give us. And in fact, this is actually starting to be proved in science. There was a study that was just released at the annual convention of Society of Personality and Social Psychology last week. They had studied these um, these U.S. soldiers and their families and they discovered that when uh, military spouses who were one, one or both were deployed, when they shared good news with each other, they actually experienced better overall well-being just by sharing the good news. It says this, it says, the sharers actually lowered their stress, boosted their moods, they slept better, they felt less lonely, and they responded better to intimacy, even in the midst of difficult times. Now here's the kicker. Those same benefits were available to those who received the good news, but only if they responded in the right way to that good news, only if they would receive it and respond positively to that good news, did they actually experience that same benefit of well-being. So we're hoping that you will hear this good news, you will receive it, and you will respond well this morning.
But just what is the good news of Christmas? Again, is it good enough to overcome the bad news that's in our world or that's in your life? What makes it such good news? I recently downloaded a, uh, an app. It was called the Good News Network app. And they upload all these positive stories. And, and they'll do uh, stories of people who are just making a difference in the world or stories of innovative solutions to real-world problems. They even have uh, uplifting stories about politicians and about our government and celebrities. It's unbelievable. They have some criteria that determines whether something is actually good news. And they share these criteria. And I want you to listen to these right here. It must be new and affect a lot of people. That means it has to be something that's current, that affects more than just me today. It creates a new opportunity to move opposing groups forward together. Some of our families need that. Some of our government needs that. It refutes negative stereotypes, shows compassion and understanding toward others. Good news, in order to be considered good news, must exhibit love, generosity, care, and conflict resolution. As Doug uh, comes to read the Christmas story to us, and as Dave comes to teach from that story, I want to encourage you this morning and invite you to remember these criteria. And if what they have to share with us this morning doesn't meet these criteria, perhaps it's not that good a news. And yet if it does, it may be the best news we'll ever receive. So how will you respond? Let's pray. Father, I happen to believe that the news of Christmas is some of the best news, if not the best news we could ever receive. I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for sending your son, for putting skin on and coming to this earth to show us what you are like. Lord, to to, uh, to cross that barrier that we could never cross to make it possible for us to walk with you into life. Thank you for forgiving our sins. Thank you for giving us hope. And I pray that you're with all those people in this room who just desperately need that hope in that life right now. Open our minds, our hearts, our ears to what you have to share with us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. This is a story of the birth of Jesus as told by Luke. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So, Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them.
in a manger, in humble form, your King is born. nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified but the angel said to them do not be afraid I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. King of glory, we gladly greet. Born in wonder and majesty, forever. So hey. 
In light of mercy, confess our sins. Lay our burdens at Jesus' feet, and with gladness sing. Oh, oh, oh. hail the Prince of Heaven! Angel choirs sound the call for this babe wrapped in a cloth. The incarnate word of God, all the kingdom and its power resting now with this child, Prince of Heaven, Jesus. you to stand and sing with us as we sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Good morning and Merry Christmas. 
to those of you in this room and those of you in the commons down the hall, those of you in the sanctuary, just uh, so glad you're with us. Those of you online, I know I have friends and family across the country watching this. Just Merry Christmas uh, to all of you. Uh, I'm grateful for Jeff for the question he left us with. Remember, Jeff was up and he was saying, hey, uh, does this good news of the birth of Jesus, the life of Jesus, does this good news make the cut? When it comes to the Good News Network app, I thought, what a great question. Would this make the cut? Does it fit all five of these criteria? And I just want to begin our service by saying absolutely, without a doubt, resoundingly, it meets and exceeds uh, this Good News uh, app criteria. So let's slap that on there. This Yes, it exceeds. Uh, Jeff, there's your answer. It does. Um, clearly and resoundingly exceeds the criteria. For instance, must be new and affect a lot of people. Three billion people across the planet will uh, celebrate the birth of Jesus. And four plus billion still have left to hear about this good and follow this Christ. And so, I mean, we could go on down. We're not going to because here's what I know. I know that when it comes to religion, there are a lot of questions. And some of you walked in here with questions. Like, who speaks for God? With all the voices in the media and everything, who, who speaks for God? And who's in and who's out? And um, what, what is God, how does he want us to behave? And is this idea of Jesus 100% God and 100% man, is it all true? And there's a ton of questions. I know there are because when I'm downtown on Main Street shopping, some of the shopkeepers, some of the customers pull me aside and say, Dave, I just got a question. Would you help me with this? Or within our church, some of you come in and you come into my office and you go, Dave, tell me again what we believe about this and why. And it doesn't only come from adults, it comes from kids. Uh, I was driving my granddaughter uh, down the street after picking her up the other day and she's in the back and she says, uh, Hey, Grandpa, my best friend doesn't go to church. Hey, Grandpa, her family doesn't go to church. That's not the kind of family they are. Will she be in heaven with me? Good question. I'm uh, tucking one of our, years ago, I'm tucking one of our kids into bed, and they were in Sunday school uh, that morning. It was a Sunday night, and they had learned the concept that God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. So my son was thinking about this all day long, and I'm tucking in bed. He goes, Dad, do you believe God's everywhere? I said, yes. I wanted to support the lesson he had learned. He said, well, then, Dad, do you think he's under my bed? I said, he's everywhere. He's under there. Well, Dad, what's he doing under there? I said, your mother's coming up in a little bit. Why don't you ask her? It's true. We have questions. But on this night, the night we're celebrating, the event of Christmas Eve, it's a clarifying and simple question. It's a clarifying and simple thing. And so I want to read the announcement of the shepherd. God sent the shepherd to make the announcement to the shepherd. We have a slide on this. I want to read this. Do not be afraid. I bring good news of great joy that will be for all of the people. The first thing I noticed this year as I reflected on this was God didn't make any exceptions. He said all the people. That's actually quite amazing. He didn't say this is good news for all the people, except if I were God, I probably would have had some exceptions. And think of it. There were followers of Baal, who was an evil God, and the worshipers of Baal were sacrificing all kinds of human beings. And God didn't say except for those people who worship Baal. He made no exceptions. And this was especially good news for the shepherds, for they were exempted from many good things in life. They were a lower class of nomadic blue-collar people who didn't fit into cities or education or religious institutions. They weren't invited to many parties. And they were a group unto themselves. And here the angel comes to them and says, Hey, you're included. This is for everyone. No exceptions, rich and poor, educated, uneducated, the Jew, the Gentile, the Roman, the Hebrew, the Syrian, the Israeli, the Mexican, the American, the Republican, the Democrat, the person who's in church, the person who's not in church, 
the sick, the prostitute, the leper. It's for everyone. There are no exceptions in who this is good news for. No one's excluded. You will never look into the eyes of a human being on this planet that God doesn't love and that Jesus didn't come to live and die for. You will never look into the eyes of anyone on this planet. God didn't want this to be good news of great joy for You know how I know? Because God sent the angel. And when God says an angel, an angel doesn't lie. Just get that. So here's the deal. Some of you walked in and you think because of something going on in your life, some evil within you, some habit, some history, you think, if, if I could really have that conversation with you, you think you're outside the love of God. And the angel says, you are not. Some of you came in And you actually have come to believe for some reason that there's an entire group of people on the planet who are outside the love of God, who are outside the grace of Christ. And uh, you'd be wrong. There isn't. The angel says it's for everyone. Everyone's invited. The most famous verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world, no exceptions, that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him, no exceptions, shall have eternal life. It's amazing, isn't it? No exceptions. No exceptions. So if you think you're an exception, I just ask you like Jeff said, hey, open your hearts, listen to this. The second thing I notice in the announcement is it's a great joy. Great joy. And uh, the verse goes on to explain a little bit about where the joy is. Today in the town of David, a savior. Savior, a word we would use today is rescuer. Jesus came as a savior, a rescuer, uh, to rescue us from our sin, shame, and brokenness, to rescue us from the life that's going the wrong direction. And then uh, he is Christ the Lord. We don't use that word much anymore either, but you know what word we use? Christ the leader. Leader. In other words, if we'll follow Christ, he'll lead us down the kind of life that we actually want to have. The kind of life that we really want with our family and our spouses, with our parents, with our workplace. So if we, if we come to Christ as rescuer and leader. But there's another part of the good news. He came as a savior. He came as a leader. And he came as a human demonstration of who God is. You know, a quick reading of the Bible, sometimes we get it wrong. We think there's God in the Old Testament, who God the Father who's mean and vengeful and full of wrath, and then his son Jesus comes and he saves us from his father. And like, it's kind of like good cop, bad cop. It's like God the Father is the bad cop, he brings down the hammer. God the Son is the good cop, who rescues us. Uh Uh-uh. It's just the opposite. The Bible says so clearly that Jesus came to live among us to show us what God the Father was like. One time in the book of John, Jesus said to his followers, his disciples, he said, hey, if you've seen me, you've seen God, the Father. And uh, in Colossians, there's a verse that says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. You want to see what God is like? Look at Jesus. And it says, God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus. One time, Jesus took two disciples up on the mountain, and it's the mountain of transfiguration. And for some reason, on the top of that mountain, the DNA of God wouldn't stay inside his skin. Do you remember this picture in the Bible? And like all of a sudden, the brightness and glory of God just showed out of his pores. And the disciples were blinded. And uh, uh, they wanted to stay up there and they wanted to stay with this glory. And I don't know how Jesus did it, but somehow he like got it back inside his skin. And uh, he came down the mountain. But that's what God, Jesus was God with skin on, like Jeff said. And the idea is, you want to know who God is or how he feels about you? Look at the life of Jesus. You want to know who God loves? Look at the life of Jesus. You want to know if God loves people who have doubts? Look at Jesus' interaction with Thomas. If you came in here today and you have serious doubts, there's not a question in the world that God loves you. And he's reaching out to you. How about if you don't really even believe the right stuff? 
How about if you make moral mistakes your whole life and you're going the wrong way and you're doing evil your whole life? I would say to you, God loves you. You know how I'd know? Because the thief on the cross next to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Because you get it. You'll receive the love of Jesus. Uh, this is such, such, such good news. Now, I was asking myself, what would this good news look like for you today? What would it look like for you? I was thinking about this. As you come in with families, and I love seeing all the families, and I talk to some of you, you've got the grandkids, you've got the kids, you've got the grandpa and grandma. Some of you have great grandpa and grandmas with you. What does good news look like in your life right now? And here's what it is. Jesus didn't stay in the manger. He came out of the manger. He lived 33 years. And he... uh went to heaven after he was killed and then he was resurrected and he went to heaven. And when he's in heaven, he says, I'm preparing a place for you and I'm sending my spirit to be with you in the moments when you need me. When is it you need God? When is it you want to sense his presence? And the good news of this verse is, he will be there. He will be there. A lot of you know that we buried it two years ago. We buried three family members, you know, and we followed three hearse to the cemetery and the caskets were unloaded and I'm standing, I'm getting out of my car with my wife and my daughter-in-law and my granddaughter. I'm getting out of my car and uh, I'm just trying to breathe. I'm just trying to stand up. Uh, never should there be three caskets in the cemetery, but listen. You've heard me teach over and over again that from that what God did in that moment was he put a thought in my head that really helped me. And the thought he put was, as they were, as we were saying the final words there, um, never has the resurrection of Jesus meant so much to me. But I want to tell you, I've been wrong. God didn't send that thought from far away. I couldn't feel his presence, but as I reflect on it now, he was right there beside me he was holding me up even though I couldn't feel a thing of his presence he wasn't in the manger and his spirit wasn't in heaven he was right with me and I desperately needed him I desperately needed him so that I could stand so that I could support my family so that I could help my wife my daughter-in-law my granddaughter so that I could just help God was there we, uh, just like many of you, we had a Christmas celebration. Uh, we had ours last weekend. Some of, a lot of you are having them right now. We had it last weekend, 48 hours of amazement. I mean, we celebrated, we opened presents, we sang songs, we read the Bible story, we uh, played uh, tag in the dark, we uh, played sardines, we laughed, we competed. I mean, it was perfect. We opened gifts. We ate, did I say we ate? We ate like crazy. It was amazing. Then 5 o'clock Sunday came, and I packed up all the grandkids and the kids, and they left. And I helped Lynn clean for a little bit. Then I went for what I call my sad walk. Because uh, even though those were 48 hours of joy, and a lot of you know about this, 48 hours of joy, there's this deep sadness. There were three gifts that weren't under the tree this year. There were three place settings that didn't get sat at the big, long table. They're gone. They're in heaven. And that weighs on you. Somebody out here in the lobby a few minutes ago said, my dad's been gone for 20 years and I still miss him this morning. Uh, so I'm on the sad walk and I'm walking and I'm just going over and I'm feeling it. And this is real life. I'm right in front of Orchard Hill School over here on Round Street. And I'm walking and all of a sudden, God's with me in that moment when I need him. And he puts this picture in my mind, a very clear, strong image of Jesus outside the, um, the tomb of Lazarus, his good friend. And you know what Jesus is doing there? He's weeping. And all of a sudden, I felt great comfort. Because all of a sudden, God had helped me see, Dave, I know what you're experiencing. I'm with you in this. You need God like that.
I don't know where the moment is. I don't know if it's at work. I don't know if it's when the family comes or maybe it's when the family doesn't come. Maybe it's uh, uh, with your finances or a broken relationship. You need God in that moment. And I'm declaring to you the good news is he wants to be there and he's able to be there. Whatever that moment is for you. So um, I wanted to ask myself, I wanted to close with this, like what's the next step for you? As you want to live that way, as you want to experience this good news, what's the next step? And then I started thinking about the day after Thanksgiving when we decorate our tree. We get a ten and a half uh, foot tree and it takes 14 strings of 100 lights to like decorate this thing. And uh, so I'm doing it. And uh, we take out last year's lights and we plug in to see if the whole string's working. And you know how this works. Like 50 of the 100 are not working on seven of the strings. And so Jeff had given me some notes about some other guy's Christmas Eve service. And in the notes I had just glanced at, he had talked about this gun right here. It's called a Light Keeper Pro gun. And actually Thursday night, someone was trying to light candles with this. Well, it doesn't light candles. It fixes electric light bulbs. But the deal is, Linda had bought me this three years ago. I had never even opened the package because I didn't believe in it. True. And so I read it in these notes, and I thought, I'm going to try this thing. And so I took the first set of lights that uh, half of them were done. I popped out a light bulb. I slipped the socket right in there. I pulled it, and the other 49 lights came on. I said, oh, my goodness. (laughs) It's a miracle. I have no idea how it works. I tried to read the directions. I couldn't make sense of them. So I took the second string of lights. I put it in. And I did see in the directions that you have to pull the trigger one to 30 times. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They came on after seven. My granddaughter, Kaya, was with me. She just said, Grandpa, I want to try it. So we put the next string of lights in. Two pops on. So we got all seven of the dead strings on, and they're on our tree, and they're still working. Did I say I don't know how this works? I have no clue about wires or lights or why pulling this trigger. Some of you are like that in faith. I want to tell you a trigger you can pull, and you don't have to understand it. Because I didn't understand this. I never will. I'm never going to understand how this works. Many of you are never going to understand faith. In fact, the longer I follow Christ, the less I understand. But let me tell you a trigger. A very simple trigger that whether you want to follow Jesus for the first time or you're like me and you've wanted to follow him for five or six decades, doesn't matter. Here's the trigger. Give all that you know of yourself. And by the way, you know a lot about yourself. Your dreams, your aspirations, your sin, that dark evil in you, your hopes, your fears. Put it all on a plate all that you know of yourself and hand it to all that you know of Jesus. And something miraculous happens. The Bible says, if you'll seek God in that way, it turns it, it flips it. You'll be found by him. You don't have to understand this stuff. You simply have to, on a walk or in your bed, or the first prayer I ever prayed, I was 14 years old in my bed. I said, God, if you're real, help me know it. And so some of you, I did this on Wednesday night. I said, if I'm going to ask several thousand people to do this, I better do it. So I was on a walk. And I said to God, God, I give you all that I know of myself. I just give you. I'm getting old. I'm getting feeble. My body doesn't work. I'm in my fourth quarter. But all that I am, I give to you. And some of you could do that today. And something amazing and miraculous happens. God starts the process of finding you. Because it's for all the people. Let's pray. Jeff's going to come after I pray and tell us how to light these candles. Uh, Dear God, 
Thank you so, so very much for this good news of great joy for all people. And Father, could you um, help us pull the trigger? Could you help us so simply give all that we know of ourselves to all that we know of Christ? And we just know He was born and we know He's you. And we know He died for us. And we know He wasn't kept in the grave. And we know He's in heaven preparing a place for us. Thanks, Father. And now as we light these candles, could it be a uh, holy moment as we do it as families and with our kids and our grandkids? Just uh, could it be a holy moment? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Dave. You know, it occurs to me that we're a lot like the shepherds, that we're out in the dark, unaware of what God's doing a lot of the time, and yet you've just pulled the trigger. You've just given us a little bit of light. And maybe some of us need some more clicks. And what does that look like? Is it coming back? Is it having a conversation? What does that look like in your life? And some of us need to go out and be the clicker for some other people. And in sharing the good news, we experience that life just as we talked about. So as we light these candles, uh, I just encourage you to consider, do you need a few more clicks? Or who are you going to go and be the clicker for?
last song. great joy to all people. God is with us. He's with us. He didn't stay in heaven. He came to be with us. Jesus shows us who he is. And we can take this light 
And we can be a light in our neighborhood, in our workplaces, with our families. All people. Now, carefully, put your hand there. Blow out your candles. Nobody burned. Yes, no fire started. Merry Christmas. As you're leaving by the doors, there's a bulletin thing. If you want to know about our series is coming or you want to find a church and we would offer ourselves, pick up one. Hey, thank you and Merry Christmas. Have a great time with your loved ones.